dialed in to Fox and Brews, you might hear something you can use. Like tips on your cash or tips on the suds. You're going to want to use the smarts of these stuff. Because they know the brews. And they know the box. And they know they can't help the stubborn fucks. So listen up, because shit's not funny. And save yourself some beer money. Bucks. And brews. Bucks and brews. And brews. Bucks and brews. All right, so we're back on Bucks and Brews. Um, Nick, it's been a whole week. <laughs> long week. Has been a long week. How was your week? Uh, it, was, it was good. We did not, literally nothing. Yeah. We, we ate dinner. We watched the Bears, which I was rooting against them for a day. Um, they won, of yeah. course, because I was rooting against them. And then uh, literally just did nothing. And it was everything I thought it could be. That's great. Yes. You? Um, I, I actually had to make food for my moms and stuff like that. But I, I just went and hung out and did my wife had to work so i had to you know yeah hang, yeah hang out with the kid and, i think on thanksgiving you were texting me quite a bit because you were on the phone with royal caribbean oh I, well yeah later i booked my cruise you did book your for, cruise. for that uh we are officially going to be doing bucks and brews on a cruise in october except it might be through bases and pesos, pesos. yeah so we're really excited about that um <laughs> so the most important part yeah well real quick so oh, go ahead might be yes. pesos and surfaces, but if you guys can see there so we got a new logo. It's uh, Pops and Pennies for our right. kids episode because we uh, it's, we're all about the, the love news. to do stuff for the kids. Oh, yeah, it's great. Um, and then, yeah, say most important part. What do you got? So I got a blight tart cider flannel mouth. And when I get done with that, I'm going back to Arbor Brewing with the holiday bake sale double milk stout. Oh, say, and I'm going back to uh, my diet. Uh, low, low carbs. Let's say Michelob Ultra, and after that, I have a Michelob Ultra. So now I've heard is is was it organic? This one is not. That one is not yeah, organic. The, the light lager oh. is, is organic. So yeah. you're not organic today. Nope. Mm-hmm. That's straight, okay. Straight, you know, chemicals and all. Wait, we have a guest this week. I'm very excited for this guest. I am very excited too. We're going to talk about valuation, and I hope I don't slaughter your name. This is Barat Canodia. Wow, but I do. Perfect. Look at See? that. Nailed it. We're one for one, boys. That's, that's you know, that's because I have a hard name to pronounce too. <laughs> Barat, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, hey, what is your name? I meant my last name. <laughs> you almost said it too. No, I'm not giving you my Persian name. Kiss <laughs> my ass. You almost said it. Um, Barat, thank you so much for joining us. Um, to say, tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, where you are now, and where you come from. So. Uh, Guys, I'm a valuation um, geek, um, if you will. Um, I have valued all different kinds of interesting, unique assets. Um, I live in California. I used to live in Wisconsin. um, And I grew up in New Delhi, India. Um, So I came from my undergrad uh, to Wisconsin-Madison. And uh, my first job out of college was in valuation. Uh, Turned out I was half good at it. So I stuck with it. And uh, say, so now, out of college, you get a job in valuation. Was that for a large corporation or by yourself? No, it was definitely for a large company. Uh, it was called American Appraisal. Um, at that time, it was the largest, oldest uh, independent valuation firm in the world. Um, and it got acquired in 2015 uh, by Duff and Phelps, um, which still exists today. So many of the people I grew up with are now working for Duff and Phelps. 
is that who you're working for now in California? No, uh, I've had my own firm for the last 10 years. There you go. Let's say congrats. Good for you. What's it like to, to, to make the leap? Uh, very difficult in the beginning. But uh, once you sort of uh, get over the chasm, it is most fun. You have you have employees, or is it just you? Yes, no, I have employees. There you go. And then, um, is your office near near your location? I work from home, um, okay. and I have the offshore office. Uh, I have an office in New Delhi, India, so okay. I have the offshore arbitrage uh, working for me. Uh, but the team that I have in India, they work for me um, in an office that I own in a company that I own. That's great. Yeah, I say I'm actually. We might have to talk about this, uh, maybe off air. But I, I'm working on opening up a a call center or something with a, a friend of mine who who's from here, but uh, went over to live over in this is in Europe, and so um, he's actually going to be opening up a couple of business accounts here, so that way people over there can open u.s businesses and we're supposed to have him on aren't we yeah we are so i gotta get him here um really good friend of mine so i i want to know the ins and outs of how to own a business uh across seas multinational absolutely it's actually it's not that difficult it's no different than uh having an employee in say florida or new mexico um you know you just have to make sure your lines of communication are open um, other than that, it's a lot of fun. You get to travel and when you get to travel, you write everything off because it's a business travel. Um, what I want really want to know, how are you guys going to do the podcast on the cruise? Are you guys taking all your equipment? Because So we have one of those portable um, microphone recorders. Yeah. Huh? So we're not actually going to post any of the episodes, but we're going to record every night. Okay, because that was my next question. Because um, uh, yes, go ahead. Yes, uh, because uh, getting access to internet is very expensive, and I know that because my wife bought internet um, for eighty bucks or something. We went on yep. a cruise, and then she bought it again, and then she bought it again, and then she bought it again. She spent like four hundred dollars on stupid internet, and yeah. I didn't use anything. You're telling me I should get it right now because it's on sale. It's an offer. It is on sale, but I just don't use it. Twenty dollars a day. Twenty dollars a day? That's a steal. Yeah, I should probably get it then, huh? I'm not getting it. I would advise against this because you can then totally punch out. That's why I didn't get it. I I say we talked a little bit before this. You have you have kids, and I I think one of your kids just asked for a a a water or a soda there. (laughs) So um, you know, I'm gonna my wife. I can go away and be away. I, I really can. Um, in the back of my mind, like I, I want to talk to my kid, but like my wife, she needs to FaceTime. She needs to do something with my kids. So uh, probably for the comfort of her. You I'll better have for her. Get her internet if they allow me to buy. I mean, one person. I can tell you right now when we're docked, yeah. we have free texting, free yeah. 2G. Sure. But if, we're, if the boat's moving, then we don't have it. Yeah. So I'll probably end up buying that really quick um, before midnight tonight because it's, as I said, it's 20. I've already spent, you know, tons of money on this. <coughs> Where are you guys uh, going? We are going to Coco Cay. We're going to Haiti. I Haiti and Jamaica. How long? Seven days? Six nights. Six yeah. nights. Nice. That sounds like fun. It's going to be, it's going to be a good time. This is my first cruise, David's second. My second, my wife's third 
third or fourth yeah. i don't know my daughter's second yeah mike's third my wife's first yeah, yeah. Say. and uh we've been talking about cruising it's funny because when my wife and i talk about doing a new thing so like when we first went to our first all-inclusive we we're like oh we should do this and and we we're like i wouldn't have passports and then by the time it comes we never got a passport finally like we got our passports and then like a year later booked our booked our all-inclusive right and like we've been talking about this cruise and i'm like four years and I get, I get so excited and then we look at the price and it's just ridiculous and i'm like hey we can just go to florida we can go to texas or new york or california or whatever we want to do and then uh you know finally i was like she's like i don't know because we were supposed to go to we're going to florida yeah. in, two, in two weeks yeah we were supposed to go on a cruise in two weeks <laughs> and she's like you know they, they close kids stuff it seems like there's always an excuse so finally i was like skip it they're already going it's booked boom here i'm booking it and I didn't even use the vacation. I used my money. <laughs> I was like, now you have no choice. <laughs> so, if she doesn't go, I don't care. I'm still going, right? Hey, you'll have free drinks and free food the entire time. Yeah. So when you do, sorry, back to back to you, because we talk about us all the time. All the time. Evaluation of businesses. Um, why is it important? And is, is it just businesses that you're valuing? Or, I mean, are you, what, what are you putting evaluation on? So I am one of the few people in the country who can value tangible assets, tangible assets like a factory or a copper mine or a uh, dam, um, all the way to the other side of the spectrum, intangible assets like a patent or a trademark um, and things in the middle, like entire companies, startups, big, small, what have you. Um, and most people in my world, they don't do that. They silo themselves into doing one type of a asset. So they might say, I only do, I only value commercial real estate for tax purposes. Um, I call bullshit on that notion because um, they do that because that's all they've done. That's all they know. And they want to grow. Uh, I, on the other hand, was bred to value all kinds of interesting, unique assets. And like my boss, anytime they had something weird, they called me in, hey, what would you do about this? I'm like, I don't know. He's like, figure it out. Um, so that's how my career got started. And I'm very proud of it. I mean, I've appraised some unique assets in the world, like Brooklyn Bridge, um, you know, Alaskan Pipeline, um, Atlanta Airport, Mirage Casino, Uber, Airbnb. So I, I throw out, these names not to impress you but to impress upon you sure and you can put a number on anything you you valued a bridge i mean like the rest of those are awesome right but like you valued a bridge why um so valuations are for different purposes right most people think you would value something only for like a deal or a transaction of some kind right i mean believe me they're not selling that bridge um, so, uh, you know, you can do a valuation for accounting or insurance or taxes or a transaction. So I value the bridges um, uh, for either insurance or for accounting. So say if an entity spent, say, I don't know, 200 million bucks on building that bridge, say 50 years ago, they put it on the books, well, it's depreciated over time and now it's worth zero. But is it worth zero? It's not. So, you know, I mean, people are still using that bridge. So you can't say the bridge is worth zero. So it was an exercise to mark up the bridge's value on the entity that owns it. Okay. Good idea. Yeah. That's like a tax loop I just learned. Right? 
I'm gonna revalue. I don't know about a taxable. Uh, look into living benefits of life insurance. I actually know about that. <laughs> yeah, that's a great loophole. Um, a friend of mine is doing is doing it right now. Um, say with with some of his properties. So, um, yeah, his a friend wife, of mine does that, and I thought he was you know one of those insurance salesmen. Until, yeah. Until I sat him down and I grilled him, and I'm like, "Holy shit, you're not full of shit." Like, <laughs> you. So, uh, you said you're from New Delhi, um, and then you came here for your undergraduate. Yeah. All right. So, so uh, you you grew up over there, and then about what 18 you came over here? I was 17. Uh, I started at Madison, Wisconsin, did my engineering, um, and went on from there. And then you've been here and you've been here since been here since great and then do you have a do you have a primary house here in california and what about over it because of real estate do you have a house over there in new delhi i have a property in india as well and i have property in the u.s okay i say and uh do you, do you bring your family back over there when you when you take your business yeah, vacations? yeah. I mean, whenever we go you know we all go and we all you know make a nice vacation out of it last time we were there for six weeks and Sometimes we're there for two weeks um, and, uh, you know, we don't pack light, you know, we travel like, you know, each of us will have like, you know, two suitcases. So we generally have like eight to 10 suitcases whenever the four of us go. Sure. Is um, your wife, is your wife like mine? She overpacks. So when you yes. say eight suitcases, four of them are hers? Five. Yeah. Uh, so she'll have one suitcase for shoes. Just for shoes. Yes. One suitcase for makeup. She'll have one suitcase for gadgets, right? Women need all their gadgets, you know, the hair thing, this and that. And I'm calling bullshit on you right now. No, if shoes, anybody shoes. has a, a suitcase for just shoes, it's you and not your wife. So when I, when I go on vacation, I, I wear two pairs of shoes. Well, three, uh, sometimes. Or one, four. The, no, the ones I'm wearing, my bowling shoes, right? And then- We're not bowling on the cruise. Well, just, yeah, so I won't bring them. And then I bring a pair of sandals. So like- we're leaving in October, so depending on if it's cold, I'll, pro well, I'll probably wear, I'll wear my tennis shoes and I'll pack my sandals because they pack small. I'm a big guy. I don't know if you can see that. So when I pack, you know, my my wife and my kids, they can they can pack, you know, all of theirs into a suitcase and then all of my clothes because they're 14 times the size of them. Take one suitcase. Dude, I just have a little carry on it. Holds all my shit. Not for seven days. Can't do it. No, I mean, I don't pack light either. I'm not one of those guys who's going to say, okay, I'm going to wear the same t-shirt for three days or recycle the shirt. I mean, I don't pack light. Like when I travel on a business trip, I take a full suitcase. Like, yeah. you know, I, I have everything. Because, you know, hey, you show up and, you know, like, hey, there's this moisturizer I like. And that's what I use. So, yeah, it's a little, you know, fancy pants of me, but it's not. It's something you get used to. Yeah. But I want to know, why do you travel with bowling shoes? Oh, I, I'm a I'm a bowler. Uh, sometimes I I'm a has been. Uh, um, so I, I I go I meet up with a bunch of my friends every year uh, once a year for uh, national bowling. Um, so we Nick is a pretty accomplished bowler. I'm okay. Oh. Um, so uh, like we go to Las Vegas all the time or to uh, Reno, Nevada, um, then to Syracuse. Like, and so most of the time when I'm traveling, it's usually for a bowling tournament of some sort. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, you know, if, if you, do you bowl? I have bowled. 
So just I, I, you would use I, house I bowl, shoes. I bowl like twice a year. Yeah. yeah. And, and so you don't own your own pair of house you don't own your own pair of bowling shoes? No. And that's like I, it blows my mind that people don't like I bowl. You, I bowl once every five years. I have my own bowling shoes. Right. And, you and should, my own ball. But every, it's Caitlin's ball. Everybody yeah. should have their own shoes. Once you use your own pair of shoes, you will never go back to using house shoes. And you can get such a good because it costs what? I mean, you're in California. Renting shoes probably cost five, ten, ten bucks now. Easy. I mean, great. And so like here, you know, you can get bowling shoes online for 20 bucks. But you know you're gonna bowl more than twice in your life and your feet have stopped growing, just buy bowling shoes, right? Because because they're what, two bucks at the time? Well, here they're like two bucks. I mean, two fifty. Yeah. Fairlane's four fifty. Like, it's all all depending. Well, right? the rich people live out there in Granville. Well, yeah, I say, but no, you know, I mean, we were in, we were in New York and they wanted ten dollars for shoe rental. And I was, oh my gosh, no, never. I would never rent your shoes that everybody else has put their feet in for ten bucks. Like, I'll just I'll go buy a pair. So I went to the pro shop. Like, what do you got? And they're like fifty bucks. Like, Deal. Like, <laughs> just not gonna do it. I've bowled, so since I've owned my own pair of shoes, you know, thousands of them, um, I've, I've worn house shoes once in my life. It was the worst moment of my life. I'd rather bowl in my socks. <laughs> so you carry your bowling shoes, but not your bowling ball. Uh, I'll carry, like, so my, when I, so last year I flew first class, which was the most amazing thing ever. Uh, I had six bowling bags, or two bowling bags with me, six bowling balls. I had my, all my stuff in my book bag, which I can carry. Um, and then I have my carry on, which also had some, actually that had my bowling shoes because I can always drill new bowling balls. I don't care. Granted, they're the more expensive of the things to lose, but I will not lose my bowling shoes. <laughs> so, um, it, it's funny because I have a bowler. I paid for that bowler. Yeah. I mean, she's 26 now, but she bowled. Yeah. Bowlers are insane about their equipment. They always have anywhere from three to seven balls. Usually two pairs of shoes. You know what I'm, I'm I'm like at a tournament. Oh yeah, three to seven balls, at least two pairs of shoes. The the wrist guards. Yeah, uh, tape for their fingers. Yep. So, I mean, I coach softball, and I mean a bat and a ball and a glove. But I mean, still, our our bats are quite expensive. But I spent more on bowling equipment than I ever did on softball. Yeah. So, um. But so yeah, now you do. How do you find your customer, right? So when when somebody needs something evaluated, how would you find them? So customers come to me um, three ways. One, it uh, the best way is getting a referral through a current client. That's the best compliment, and that's the best way. Second way is getting a referral through my network. So I am fortunate that I have built a great network over time. So I get referrals from friends and people I know. And the third way, something I have worked on quite a bit for the last two years, um, is um, SEO or people just find me on Google. Um, So that's part of the reason why I'm doing the podcast, because again, it's just putting your word out there or content out there. I had spent um, crazy stupid money on SEO and digital marketing and all that. And all those people who work in those businesses, they're a bunch of crooks. Um, They really are. Um, And 
after spending 200,000 bucks of my money over three years, and I did everything. I did SEO, I did sponsorship, I did conferences, I did this. I mean, you name it, I threw money at it. The result was marginal. Mm-hmm. And every time they would come back to me and say, oh, we need content, we need content. I'm like, you motherfucker, why didn't you tell me that six months ago before you ate $20,000 of my money? Yeah. No, they didn't tell you that six months ago. They'll tell you six months after when they got you by the ball. So now you got only two options, either leave them or keep paying them a check. Um, And I did that a few times. You think I would learn after one. Um, And then I discovered that content is king rest is all bullshit yeah and video content is king of kings you can't beat video content because video content you can slice and dice it in so many ways um so i said you know the hell with everything else i'm just going to invest in video content so that's why i created a youtube channel and you know many people don't have the education on evaluations i mean evaluations now affects day-to-day lives mm-hmm. and people have no idea how that works and i'm a visual learner so i figured you know i'm going to explain things to people visually um and if you see my videos they're short i mean i'm not you know talking for an hour because nobody wants to listen to me for an hour um so i create videos that are 5 minutes um, and they're clear and concise and hopefully entertaining. Yep. Um, as Mark Twain said, um, I did not have time to write a short letter, so I wrote a long one instead. <laughs> you know, and honestly, I, I, I really kind of connect with what Barad's saying here because my wife owns a business, you know this. And, you know, we've had people approach us several times about, hey, uh, I want to be your SEO provider, director, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, she always comes to me because I'm, I'm the computer guy. And I'm like, yeah, I, I really don't think that's overly necessary. So, I mean, she did take the plunge. She, you know, had a professional website built. We, we ran on one she built for a couple of years. She had a professional one built. And everything since that has just been her, whether it's putting out uh Professional photos, mm-hmm. so we have a professional photo shoot here, or videos that you know we're making when customers are like, "Hey, yeah, go ahead, pay for our session. We don't care." Throw out a TikTok the other day, you know that'll draw interest. Videos are the best way to get people interested in whatever you're doing. I see. I um, I don't I don't make videos except for this, right? But like. I have a friend of mine who you don't make this who started real I don't I'm horrible with technology. Um I have a friend of mine that started in real estate and you know it was three years ago. He is now four times the amount of what I have, but he's great at, I mean he, he was a videographer before he became this. And he'll, he'll sign his name and he'll put it backwards and just like it keeps doing the boomerang thing. It, just awesome. It draws you in and he gets so many people, he gets investors and he gets things and I'm over here the old school way, right? I want to shake your hand. I want you to know what you're getting into business with. Like I very slow and steady. And in the end, it doesn't like to me, I want to be bigger, but I also understand that I, I want to care about every person that I'm doing this with where him is completely different story, right? So I'm not saying what he's doing is wrong. But, you know, and every business has a different thing, right? If you're trying to draw a business into quick room therapy, you don't need to know everybody, right? I mean, it's, the chances of them coming back 
50 times because you know them very slow. Where chances of people selling me their house every time is going to be something amazing because I get to know them as a person. Well, I mean, and, and that's a good question to go to you with, Barad. So, you know, let's say I open a business and I'm five years down the line and I decide I'm, I'm done with this. I don't want to do this anymore. What steps do I take to, you know, come to somebody like you that says, all right, what can I get out of this? How do I value my company uh, effectively to, to make the most for me, but still price it in a range that will sell? That's a great question. I mean, everybody thinks that the business is worth a million dollars at least, or they might go, hey, my neighbor's cousin's wife sold her business for 5X on revenue. So my business is worth at least 10. <laughs> you know, that's that's how people are thinking about valuations. That's definitely not the case. Um, I tell people that, hey, if you're a business owner, you pay taxes or you get audited every year. Um, similarly, you should get a valuation every year. And even though what I'm saying is in my self-interest, that does not mean that I'm wrong um, because it's kind of like getting a report card at the end of each quarter or each semester. How do you know how you did? Um, if you got an A or a B or if you added value, you know, yeah, you're working 60, 80 hours a week, but um, did you really build value in your company? Well, that's what a valuation scorecard will tell you. And we talk about that kind of in the credit aspect of things, right? Like you should pull a credit report. I say at least your type thing, right? So you know if you gained or you know what you, you have out there. I mean, so knowing what your personal value, right, in the eyes of lending, this is, I mean, I, I think that's a great idea. I don't do that in my own business, but I didn't know that you should. I mean, granted, I sit and value my stuff quite often to see what the market looks like. So I guess yeah, I, I probably do it and don't even know that it's technically valuing my business. I know you, you know, basically what your net value is. For why? Yeah. Because we're sitting there doing those calculations all, <laughs> all the, the time. time. Way too often. So um, now do you, now when you appraise, when you appraise, do you do, uh, you, you do single family houses or, or larger things? Do you have a minimum, I guess, of, of what you're looking at to to do a valuation of? Um, I, I don't do real estate. I used to do real estate in a former life. I used to do commercial real estate. But frankly, real estate valuations doesn't pay for shit. Sure. Um, somebody came to me with a 100-unit apartment building and they wanted to pay me $3,000. I was like, no. Um, so I don't do real estate. But you know, if there's a company or there's a unique asset that you know pays well, I'll value that because, you know, that's not a cookie cutter type of evaluation. Um, you need somebody to roll up their sleeves and really understand the asset. Um, but, you know, if you need something like a real estate valuation, I mean, you know, banks pay you, what, $500. Yeah. Um, you know, that, I, I don't think that's um, fair for the asset. And nowadays, I mean, there's so much... Um, there's so many aspects, there's so many factors to consider in evaluation. Um, but, you know, it's all about a cookie cutter type of a process. So that's what they do. That's, that's not the uh, sandbox I play in. Sure. Well, in looking at 
some of those companies you mentioned earlier that you did valuations on. So, you know, Uber or Airbnb, were those for essentially their IPOs or were, was that for other purposes or can you even get into that? Um, some of them were for IPO and some of them were for investments, um, pre or post investment. So somebody is looking to make an investment. They want to know what it's worth. And someone has just made an investment, say invested a hundred dollars in Uber, say a year ago. And they're like, Hey, what is it worth now? Um, or in some cases, IPO valuations. Uh, but I try not to do IPO valuations because those are usually done by, um, underwriters who take them public, like Morgan Stanley. Or- mm-hmm. Sure. That, yeah. So that was one of my questions. Was the same. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So that now, when you are you allowed to share your information, or is it like closed? Because, like, Proprietary. Right. Yeah. I say. I mean, if no, I mean, I public- can talk about uh, the work I do. I just can't talk specific numbers about any asset, but I can talk about the process of what I've been through. There's nothing proprietary there. So, so how do you, like, what are your starting points? So, you know, I have XYZ company. I come to you. What, what do you need from me? Um, I will look for a few things. So say if you have a running business, I'll be looking for, hey, Uh, Give me a copy of your books or, you know, many small businesses are not running their books properly. So I'll just say, hey, give me access to your QuickBooks or whatever system you got or give me a give me a copy of your couple of years of tax returns. Let's start from there. Let's start from the basics and let's build from there. So from there, I'll be asking you questions about your payroll, about your expenses, um, about your customers, about your product, where you're going from there. Again, depending on the size of the company. Um, so I tell people I'm like a vet, a dog, a horse, a frog, a fish, an alligator. It's all the same, right? I mean, they all need help, but they all have different problems. So, you know, I can't be asking, um, you know, a, a, a fish that, hey, have they changed the water recently? You know, the same thing, you know, if somebody owns a dog, I, you know, I have to ask a different set of questions. So, um, you know, a, a different um Horses for different races, if you will. So now, real quick, would would you agree, I guess, with the, the following thing, or is this how it would work? So when, I think, let's just say DoorDash came out before Grubhub. Now, could you take a valuation? Could I go say, hey, Grubhub is going, right, you know, DoorDash is going right now. Grubhub hasn't started. They, they say, hey, I want to grow a business like this. What do you think the valuation of something like this is? I might be interested in opening a business like that. Um, is that something I could do with somebody like you? And, and is it allowed? Yeah, why not? Yes, most definitely. I mean, you live in America. Everything is allowed unless it's not allowed. <laughs> so, you know, it's easier to ask for forgiveness. That's always my... Yeah. I, I, mean, I tend to deal with that in both professional and personal. So, it, it always works better that way. Sure. You know, if you're if you're gonna mimic somebody, you know. Um, so you're gonna have Nick Dash or Uber Nick? Oh my God! Uh, what was it? Uh, Dior, Dior, <laughs> you say Dior Uh Yeah. Um, you know, when when you look, at, I don't remember who it was. I want to say it was Bill Gates, right? So if you want what if you want what others have, 
do exactly what others did, right? And and you will beat that process. So, um, you know, in real estate, I have a mentor. I got very fortunate in that. Um, and so I look at it and go, hey, if I want his lifestyle, I have to do what he did. Granted, he keeps me really low and slows me down and tells me I'm stupid all the time. It's great. I love I love Walt. Um, <laughs> so, right? Like, because, you know, he, I only seen, you know, let's say 650 units, right? And I'm over here at like two at the time. And I'm like, fuck if I want what he has, like, I have to do what he did. And I'm like, and then he's telling me, no, don't go to the, don't go to the ghetto and buy the cheap properties. Don't do it. You're going to hate yourself. Don't do it. And I'm like, how did you get rich? And he's like, well, I bought the ghetto property. <laughs> like, like, don't tell me not to do it. And he goes, no, you're going to be so much more successful when you do it this way. And I'm like, all right. So, you know, think about it. If you own 300 great properties versus my 650 shit properties, like you're, you're going to have the same outcome. I'm like, all right. It just takes a long time to learn that lesson. And I, I didn't make the mistake of going into the, I, there's been a million times I've been off a million transactions and you know the numbers look great on paper, everything about it. Is, well, and this is the thing I found in every work aspect I've had, whether it's been finances or coaching or even, you know, business life. If you can find great mentors, you can really succeed in what you're doing. Rod, did you have any great mentors that, you know, really helped guide you through this? You know, honestly, no, uh, I am too bullheaded to uh, accept a mentor. Um, but now I'm 42 and now I feel I should get one because what happens is that you get a schedule point in your life and you're like, wait a second, I, I need some help here. What should I do in this situation? And you know what your brain is telling you, but you're like, well, maybe I should try something different. So well, now I you feel know like one. You, you know you're close to my age so you're going to get to that point where you're going to end up being mentored everybody else hey, when you want to hire us let us know i work from home um, <laughs> so so do I. I um no it's you know i i look at it and say you don't have to be my my mentor in the exact field that i'm in right you were talking about hey everybody came back to you and said do do videos do videos content 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 right? You could look for a mentor in how to make better content, right? It doesn't have to be specifically, right? Um, I'm slow in real estate because I follow what he does. And, you know, when I, when I go to Walt and I say, hey, Airbnb, he's like, I don't know a damn thing. He's mm -hmm. like, I, I can't help you. And I go, hey, I'm going to storage units. He's like, never done it. Like, good luck, right? He goes, I'll help you. Like, you know how to do a purchase agreement. You know how to do this. Like, you know how to run numbers. Like, I can't help you. You know, hey, I, I just found a place that has 24 units with five commercial below it. Awesome. 24 units I can do. Five commercial? I'm not kid, right? <laughs> and then, you know, so you don't have to, in my opinion, you don't have to have a mentor, just one mentor. It doesn't have to specifically be in your field, right? Like, I know right now, um, I was just talking to a friend of mine who, who's struggling uh, in his life. He's like, I'm, I'm depressed and I just shut down and He's, he wants to get into real estate and I'm like, look, kid, you know, you're, you're going to, you're going to have these moments. Like I, I've been at a low point. Like you have to understand that finding people that know what you're going through, what you've gone through. Like you say, Hey, I've been searching for a deal for two years and you just feel beat up and you feel lost. Like we've all been there, right? Like I'm 11 years into this game and you, you know, in 10 years in, I was like, I haven't done anything. Like I feel like a failure. And, mm -hmm. 
looking back, like, I don't know, I have a great kid that I'm raising. Like, you have to look at other aspects of things to not focus on one specific. So I, I think a mentor, whether it's mental health, whether it's anything, you can always find somebody that can help you in something, whether they're a mentor or whether they're just a person that you've hired to to give you advice. Like, so um, now, what's the greatest thing you've ever done an evaluation on? Um, I have appraised all the forests owned by the U.S. Forest Service. All of them? Yeah, so, you know, uh, there's Department of Interior. Under Department of Interior, there's U.S. Forest Service. Yeah. There's National Park Service separately. So I have appraised all the forests, all the wilderness areas, everything owned by the U.S. Forest Service. Um, I would have loved for them to pay me to go and inspect all these forests. Um, but uh, we did a sample inspection of, you know, three or four forests and sort of said, okay, well, we'll extrapolate from there. But sure. uh, because if I had appraised them, I would have probably taken a good 10 years. <laughs> Not a bad way to live. Um, hey, it's horrible, right? Uh, you know, I would have uh, probably charted out my journey, you know, started in the summer and spring in Montana and then, you know, come down to Florida by December, take a couple of months off after that, uh, do that for 10 years. And then you got your, you know, appraisal for the U.S. Forest Service. But no, it, it was most of it was done desktop, but we, but we did some sample studies. So, but that was a lot of fun. That was very different. I mean, how many times in your life you get to appraise forests? Um, I have zero. Yeah, yeah. none. Really? Yeah. Um, all right. Now, because I have interest, when you appraise these forests, you get to appraise trees that are on them. So, like California, you have redwoods, right? We don't have them in the Midwest. I mean, do you value do you value the trees themselves? Do you or just the land, like everything that's on it? Like the now, land, now you have my interest. In the land, the trees, the bathrooms, the roads, everything. All right. Campsites. I'm sorry. The campsites. Oh, yeah. Huh. I think we're in the wrong business. That would have been a fun thing to yeah, do. Yeah, that would have been. Um, all right. What's the strangest thing you've ever got? Um, strange. Uh... Anybody brought you a 1950s, like, or sorry, 1750s, like, head? That's like, you know, a skull or something? A head. So I, I am, uh, I, I don't do like art or gems or jewelry or unique assets like that. Um, but I'm also on the board of American Society of Appraisers. So if you come to me with something weird, um, if I can't help you, I can get you the best appraiser in the country. Um, but one of the weirdest things I appraised was uh, uh, the I Love New York campaign. You know, you know, I Love New York. It's on t-shirts everywhere. Um, people think that that campaign is owned by the city of New York. It's not, it's owned by the state of New York. Um, and I have valued that campaign. Rough, rough numbers, I guess. Can you give us, what, what is that? Uh, nine digits. Really? <laughs> it's just amazing. That is a, huh, all for a, a slogan, let's call it. That's just great. Um, and, uh, now, you, you do new things on a daily, weekly basis then? 
Yeah, I mean, right now I'm working on a small chain of grocery stores in Carolinas. They have about uh, 17 stores um, between North Carolina and South Carolina, and they're selling it. So they brought me in to help them value it. Sure. Um, huh, let's see. And now do you get to fly there and take a look at them? Sometimes I do. It depends on the projects. Um, like right now, I'm also working on a uh, operation that uh, provides uh, uh, stock hens and roosters for breeding. And they sell these roosters and hens to 11% of uh, the chicken producers in the country. So they have a decent sized market share. Sure. Um, so I am valuing their um, intellectual property around breeding chickens. Sure. And there yeah. I said, hey, I have to visit your farm. I need to understand the process because I can't do it remotely. Are you, are you at any point worried about uh, your your employees learning what you know and starting their own, um, or is, is is that a concern of yours? Or my next question: I mean, do you make them sign NDAs or anything like that? We make them sign NDAs, but you know you can't you know you can't put somebody in a cell. Um, so people learn. I mean, of course, you hire smart people, and you know then you expect them to be stupid. Um, you know, it doesn't work like that. So yeah, you're going to hire smart people and they're going to do smart things. And you know, hey, and if people figure out how to do weird and interesting things, that's fantastic. Good for them. This, as I said, there's no trade secret here. My yeah. secret is I always follow the fundamentals or I don't take my eyes off the ball of the, of, you know, the, the basics of valuations. Sure. That's why, you know, it doesn't matter what you throw at me. Um, I can look at it from a unique perspective because I never lose sight of what's important. I say, and what do you what do you value David at? A lot. <laughs> say, I'm gonna say that's, that's the right answer because I, I was gonna say about forty five cents. <laughs> value yourself lower than me. No, it's a. Uh, um, this is a this is a really great subject for me. I really enjoy it. Um, what is the best thing about what you do and what is the worst thing about you? I mean, the best thing about me, uh, my, my work is I get to evaluate all different kinds of businesses and I'm not just on the surface. I get to dig deep. I get to peel the onion is until I can't peel anymore. Sure. That's the level of information I need to do my job right. Um, and the worst thing about my business is... Um, motivating employees i mean that's a pain in the ass i mean seriously if i could just do a real estate portfolio sometimes i mean you don't need to motivate anybody there um at least for the most part you don't say i i can have an educated conversation about that that's kind of so um you know i have contractors that constantly leave and, and i look at it, i look at my tenants as kind of employees right like i I pay them with housing, they pay me <laughs> to, to live in the housing. But, um, you know, one thing I do is, uh, you know, at least once a year, I give them uh, a thank you gift for being with me, right? So, uh, you know, one year I gave them a, a, a one gallon jug with Kool Aid and like four glasses and, you know, said, hey, let's have a great summer. Thank you so much for being with me. 
Um, the you, know, you can make the homemade popsicles, right, with like the four sticks. So kind of the same aspect. Hey, you know, um, a, a big jug pitcher type thing, so you could add water to it, things like that. Um, holidays, I'll send out cards, you know, or for Christmas or whatever, just a, a card um, that says, you know, hey, just let you know, thank you so much for for living in my place. I really appreciate, you know, all that you've done for me. Um, you know, it, it's not, it, it's not necessarily, it has to, like, in the back of my mind, I know for a fact I'm doing it because I, I want them to pay or do whatever, but I also want them to know I appreciate them as people, right? Um, you know, and I, it's funny because I talked to a lot of owners and they're like, well, how do your, why do your tenants do this? And I'm like, because I go above and beyond for the most part, right? Like, I let them know I actually give them, right? Don't tell anybody I actually care. <laughs> I tell people I care all the time. But, um, you know, I say motivating employees, it's, it's one of the hardest because there's people say that nobody's untrainable. And I think that that's a very true statement, you know, or uncoachable, untrainable. Um, I just think that, the, and that's why we started this podcast. We were talking about that kind of beforehand. People learn different from different, right? You, you can't teach everybody the same because they just don't understand it, right? Um, my wife, when she does a math question, I think her, her mindset of thinking is completely different than mine. And I appreciate that. So um, when, when we talk, like there's times where I can have a conversation with somebody and you're like, I have no idea. My wife literally just said like 10 words of my four hour sentence. And they're like, oh yeah, I completely get that. <laughs> How, why, right? So when COVID hit, did you have to pivot the company at all or were you already remote at that point? We were all remote, uh, but for the first three months, we were dead in the water. Mm -hmm. Um, From mid-March through mid-June, it was like, holy crap, how is this going to work? But then we started to get some wind things started to pick up you know people were starting getting back to normal and then slowly more and more and now it's i wouldn't say normal but it's getting there um sorry i'm writing questions as as we go because i have so many um so let's say you're doing evaluation right so you're talking about these supermarkets right you're going to think about getting rid of them um local you know it's not a you're you're in California, so you know Walmart. So it's not a Walmart; it's just a local grocery store. They have um, bonds there. They have what bonds? Bonds. I've been to Carolina. We say I haven't been to LA. I don't know if they're in all California, so, but they're in LA. So these these small ones. Now, let's say you're doing evaluation on this, right? And you find out that it's worth way more than these people have offered. Do you know what the offer is from the other person? Most times they don't tell me, but I know. Now, my question is, is there a way that you could, is there any way that you're allowed to offer on something that you're doing evaluation on? Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't think there's any conflict of interest there. And, and why don't you, so you say you're strictly this, you got out of the real estate game. Have you not thought about buying something that's just a great valuation that somebody... Like if a deal fell through, let's say, and you know that it's worth something. Most why if not- a deal falls through, it's not because of the asset itself. It's probably because of the 
nature of the buyer or the seller. Sure. Um, because, you know, I, I, so business deals are different than real estate um, because when you buy real estate, right, you write the guy a check and the guy walks away and you take the ownership of the asset 100%. In a business deal, as in when you buy or sell a business M and A, um, the seller doesn't get to walk away one hundred percent unless they're selling stocks or something. Sure. Um, the seller is, still has skin in the game because a business is a living and breathing object. Um, if you don't take care of your um, uh, real estate portfolio for a month. Uh, there might be some damage here and there, but nothing's going to be terribly wrong. But if you don't take care of a business for a month, well, major things can happen. You can lose your entire business. Oh, yeah. Um, so, like, say, so I deal with that quite often. So, I'm looking at buying a marina right now um, in an area that I really want. <laughs> so, I have a feeling I know where. Yeah, of course you do. Um, and and so right like i'm looking to buy it i'm looking to buy a business and it is a completely different transaction right one i'm going to have the owner try to stay on for at least another year to keep everything about it um also of course i'm i'm going to have to get my own sailboat and have days off uh my wife can't say anything about it that's really the only reason i'm buying a marina so i can have a sailboat <laughs> say she doesn't let me she won't let me buy a slip but i could buy 140 of them <laughs> say. Um, but now, so let's let's go to the marina. So if I were to go buy a marina, what are the things that you would give me as a buyer advice on on doing before I go put my exact offer in? Get a list of the people who are renting those slips and understand how many of those slips have been rented for how long the longevity of the renter is very important. I mean, of course, the cash flow and all that, you know, you're smart enough to figure that out, but I'll Don't be, say that, I'm pretty dumb. I mean, I'll be looking at the longevity of those 140 slips of renters and what kind of boats they have. Sure. And if they pay on time and are they good renters and how long they have been there because it's truly passive income. The boat just sits there. So you should have, it's, it's almost, so it's almost like having a um, self-storage facility. So similar to that, right? I mean, people just keep paying and charging their card without really worrying about it. That's the kind of business you want. So it's a great business, I think. Thanks. Actually, I'm hoping too. I, uh, you know, I, I have concerns with, uh, of course I have value add things and I have concerns, uh, you know, with, with, so right now they're very hands-on, right? They'll help you dock a lot of like people that, you know, if you do get books, they'll help you dock. Most of you. Currently they actually have family doing that and uh, family wants to stay on, but of course they pay the family just an astronomical amount of money to do this. I'm like, yeah, no. It's like, I'll, I'll go tie a line for <laughs> no money. Um, and uh so I, I'm trying to figure out, you know, what his actual value is. I've talked to a couple of my friends that I know that have done a few marinas and things. Um, and then again, I don't know maintenance of, of the crane, right? I have to take a boat out of the water. It's not like, so where we sail is in Holland, right? So uh, you're from Wisconsin. So just across the, the water, 
um, you know, we, we sail up to Muskegon and take the boat out there, right? Because we don't have enough, we draw too much, right? It's like too deep. And uh, so I, you know, I have to get all that type of things figured out because, you know, I understand the money aspect of things. I understand the, the slips. I, I don't understand the actual functioning physical labor of it. I don't think that's a big deal. I don't think you should worry about that. You know, I think if you follow the money, you can't go wrong. Um, and you seem like a smart guy. Seriously, I wouldn't worry about it. I would worry about the type of renters you have because you have 140 of them. Yeah, and 139. I'm getting a boat. <laughs> so just make sure that they, you know, how long they've been there because, uh, sure. you know, people who have boats, they love their boats until they figured out that they don't like them so much. Sure. Um, boat stands for breaking another thousand. Uh, I've heard that the best day of your life is the day you buy your boat. The second best day of your life is the day <laughs> you sell it. Really so, for like one for me. What other questions do you have besides your boat? He was going to ask a question. No, guys, I I have uh, another call at, mm -hmm. at three four thirty. I'm already late for, but okay. Uh, um, no, but this was a great conversation. Uh, uh, thank you again for having me. We're gonna give a shout out to Barat on all of his social media and every contact we have for you. If we're missing anything, Barat, go ahead and drop me a message. We'll we'll get that all listed for you. That'll be great. And in the show notes, if you can um, put two of the links, absolutely awesome. Um, uh, uh do you have my youtube account i do and do you have my um uh let's see uh, and, and my website uh, verystrat.com i will make sure i find it. all right so let me send you that link right now absolutely sure so everybody uh say we're wrapping this up real quick Barat, thank you so much for joining us thank you for teaching us um valuation people wouldn't think you're valuing a forest and you're, you know, normally because I'm so close-minded in the fact yeah. of real estate, right? Like, or stocks itself. Like I understand that. Um, really, this was a very fun conversation. I'd love to have you on. But we'll finish what we do after Barack goes because he has to go. Yeah. So Say, like, subscribe, share, tell your friends, tell your family, uh, please, you know, get, get everybody out there. This was a great episode. Thank you again for joining us. Thank you so much. And I have, uh, David, I have dropped a link uh, in the chat. Perfect. Thank you so uh, are much. We, are we connected on LinkedIn? Uh, I don't think we are, but I will definitely come and find you. Nice meeting you guys. Nice meeting well. you Take too. Care. Bye. So we're going to keep talking here for a minute because I really enjoyed this. This, yeah. this went way better than expected, I think. And, and I mean, kind of with our guests. Yeah. I'm never really sure what to expect. And this is one of my favorites. Honestly, like I... I could talk to him all day. I really enjoyed myself. I did too. Like, um, there's a million questions I have still. Uh -huh. and I'd love to have him on. And, and we might have to have him on again. Next time we'll have to actually be business professional and get real questions like lined up. Um, are you going to end uh, Zoom? No, I'm pulling up the chat here to make sure I have this. Um, I'm not because we haven't said everything we need to say yet. Oh yeah. So, so we kind of have to finish the episode before we can just, you know. No, we're you know what? No. Michelob Ultra, thank you so much for uh 
the, uh, the the tasty beer that goes in my belly. Uh, Blake's Hard Cider, the flannel mouth. It's not my favorite Blake's, but it, it's okay. And then Arbor Brewing with their holiday big sale double milk stout. They loved the tweet we put out last week because I, I said we were drinking that. There you go. Uh, they love that. So next week, yeah, we are going to have a TikTok star. Huh? Next week, we are going to have a TikTok star. We are. So they wrote a whole article in BuzzFeed about her. Yep. And she's going to talk about uh, what millennials really want out of their jobs. She doesn't know what I want. It's not avocado toast. You don't know that. I I do. So uh, for this week, uh, this episode at least is over. So we will let you go from there. But yeah. we might do another episode, or we might hop on TikTok Live. So you know, to say, and uh, we're we're talking about that. So yeah. if you guys want to follow us on on TikTok, we're actually going to have some some content that yeah. we're going to start offering to people. Yeah. So we have a Patreon app that we're you know trying to enlighten people with different things and you know make a little bit of money out of that and we're going to post every tiktok live we do that you know is bucks and brews centric the patreon it's you know dollar a month yeah if you want to check out that exclusive content we have some other things on there you know you want some merch we have merch options on there and if you don't have a dollar a month guess what you need to watch yeah just watch us on tiktok tiktok live and then you'll just see us there and not just that but we're going to get you that dollar a month hell yeah we are right like this is, you know, we're not asking for $100 a month. We're not doing an Ipsy bag for $10 a month. We're doing a dollar a month just to get some amazing content. And because we're still really small, if you have questions, direct message us. We're going to give you great information right on hand, right? And honestly, if there's anything we're good for, it's information. We have a lot of it, and we love to share it. So for all of you that have joined us, thank you for this uh, week's episode. And we will talk to you. Next week? Next week or in a few minutes. It, yeah. I guess it depends on where you're at. Yeah. So you're probably going to listen to this in a few minutes. Yeah. So thanks again. You've dialed in to Box and Brews. You might hear something you can use. Like tips on your cash or tips on the suds. You're going to want to use the smarts of these stuff. Because they know the brews. And they know the box. And they know they can't help the stubborn fucks. So listen up, because shit's not funny. And save yourself some beer money. Bucks. And brews. Bucks and brews. Bucks and brews. Bucks and brews.